Cheers. Cheers. We're starting off with the drink of the choice first. Yes, the drink of the choice. What's your drink of the choice? Oh, glory. <clears throat> well, a little backstory behind the choice here. Oh, it is winter in oh, Colorado. It's good. And by winter, I mean there's over a foot of snow out there. We just went and hiked in it a little bit today. Yeah, it was a fun little like five-mile day. It was great. But cold weather kind of begs for dark beer. Always. So we are drinking the El Churro. Mm. This is a pastry stout from Broken Stave Brewing in Denver, Colorado. Always um, support our Colorado brewery. Notes of cinnamon. And cinnamon. it's Heavy. almost like chewing a beer. It's wonderful. It's like, it tastes like, almost like a pastry tart, <sighs> you know? Like a pastry tart with the filling is like the cinnamon chocolate goodness like gooey goodness in the middle oh it's kind of what i feel like i'm tasting every time i sip this is mm. stouts and porters are my my favorite like style of beer they so, are so this and is he, really just hitting the, the spot yeah you know? he got me hooked on <clears throat> darker beers i'd say what last year probably because i wasn't ah was it last year I got you drinking more beer just in general since we've met. You were just, no. you're a hardcore wino. There well, for I did a while. love wine, but I, I did drink beer. I feel like I didn't like the darker beers, but yeah. I think after we got back from the PCT, I started liking darker beers more. I wonder why. Before that, it was all hoppy stuff, and now it's not. Yeah, I don't want a hoppy beer at all anymore. <clears throat> we also have um, an eggplant parmesan in the oven cooking in the oven in our cozy little apartment that finally has some wall hangings up and yes we've been we've been very busy the last two months which which actually by the way (laughs) we've already recorded this episode once but for some reason none of the audio kept only the duration yes so we've we've tested a few things and we should be fine now we should be fine today but we recorded like an hour and 45 minute episode a couple weeks ago, and we're devastated to find out that yeah, it nothing. I know we've just had so many excuses on why the episodes have been like spread apart by two months. Yeah, sorry you guys, it's been it has been a little crazy in our world. Um, I guess we could do a little few updates. Yeah, we're gonna segue into updates. Updates. I guess I can start. Well, since the last time you guys heard about my life, my shoulder. Um, so I did end up having shoulder surgery and it was quite an interesting like experience. Uh, the doctor, so come to find out, I actually ripped my labrum tissue off the bone. For those of you who don't know the human body in that area, Uh, the labrum tissue is what connects your bone and kind of like the muscle, well, no, and the muscle. And it, it just creates like an, a layer of protection for your bone so that there's no loose joint or ligament or anything like that. So it just kind of helps keep it in socket. And so I ripped it off the bone, apparently 220 degrees, which it's a 360 degree, uh, tissue come to find out. It's not 720. Nope. (laughs) 
No, no, not 720. I'm, I'm empathetic. Empathetic? Yeah. About the fact that it was 220. No, I'm empathetic about your situation. Yeah, it was so bad. I know. Feel sorry for me. Anyway, I so. <laughs> wow. So, I'm kidding. So they had to put seven anchors into my bone to reattach the tissue in. And it also ruptured half, like split in half. So they had to also suture it back together. And um, yeah, so I guess the surgery was very successful. I honestly didn't realize this, but I had probably one of the best labrum surgeons in America. I would say so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the best surgeon that I think you could have in this world of labrums and of labrums. of labrums. And then I started doing PT right after, and they were trying to stretch my tissue back out all the time, like just stretching it out. And I couldn't uh, do anything. I can't, I couldn't activate the muscle for six months up there because if I did the anchor could, the anchors could potentially pop out of the bone. So there was like this very just impatient waiting for me of being in a sling for six weeks. So now I am officially out of the sling. Yeah, this is week. It's week one. So I'm in. Seven. I just finished. No, this is week eight. Now. Week eight now. Yeah. Okay. okay. So this is week eight after the surgery. <clears throat> that call. And I'm. I we did a great hike today. It was like 1,500 feet in elevation. Oh yeah, Lower um, Crystal Lake in Blue River, Colorado, which yeah. is like just south of Breckenridge. Yeah, it's super beautiful, and um, it was great. And it, I did great. Like, did, you did good. You didn't trip. I didn't trip and fall. Yep. Nothing happened. Nothing felt, nothing hurt up here. Um, and now we're into like a sort of strength training, like body strength training. So it's not me lifting weights, but it's me <clears> just <throat> trying to get my muscles back, back up there going again yeah. and reactivating. So it's quite it, hard. It's kind of funny though. I'll, I'll be unexpecting it sometimes. She'll just be lying like prone on the ground doing these exercises. And I, I think that something has happened. <laughs> Like, she's well, just lying there stiff as a board <laughs> yeah with a trekking pole in her hand yeah because that's to like stretch out the it's for me to passively stretch out the muscle myself but yeah um i think it's going well which is great i can't wear a backpack probably for another month or so yeah i don't know they haven't given me my <clears throat> green light yet but i am yeah. wearing a lumbar pack for now yeah a mountain smith lumbar pack what is yes. it like how many? Two liters, two and a half. Whoa, no, no, Wait, no, no. Four like, and a half? No, it's like 20 to 25 liters. No, it can't be because I can barely fit. I'm going to look it up right I now. I can barely fit. I can only fit a baby, baby nope. jacket. And uh, I don't think so. Let's see. Mm, no. Saved four liter. I don't think so. But as he's looking for that, <clears throat> I... Will not stop hiking because of this. Hacking? Hiking because Are you're of this. a hacker? No. You're hacking. Yeah. Won't stop hiking. We'll continue on. Yeah. Even if I can't wear a backpack. Now, speaking of hiking, our three year anniversary is coming up. Woohoo! So it's actually on November 14th. Yes. Um, so we'll just do something around town that day. Mm -hmm. But I also have a birthday on November 24th, and we have Thanksgiving. So we, we often just lump all of these celebrations into, into one, one like big trip. Uh -huh. So our big trip is going to be a little bit more local than like Iceland or something crazy this time. We're going to Zion and Bryce Canyon. Yeah. So we're pretty be, excited about that. That'll be very exciting. 
and maybe throw in Grand Canyon. We'll see. If we can make that happen, that would be so cool. Because mm-hmm. I think it's only an hour drive south from Zion. So Is that all it is? I think so. Huh. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He's still looking for this mountain smith. Oh, there it is. The Day Lumbar Pack <clears throat> by Mountain We're about smith. to find out. Um. 13, 13 liters. Okay. okay. Not 25. I was like, your your UD is 25. And you can fit a shit ton in there. No, my UD is 40. Oh. Get your volumes right. <laughs> Wait, is the granite gear 25? No, the granite gear is like 50 or 60, but it can only handle 25 pounds. Oh, okay. That's where I'm getting all confused. In my okay. Brain. So her oh, okay. her little lumbar pack, it's basically a, a hip belt with a little pack that doesn't go any higher than like mid-torso. Yeah. Um, it's 13 liters. 13. Okay. It, it cannot fit a lot, but it can no. fit at least enough where Wesley's agreed to take most of the stuff in a backpack and I will take like my food and water and whatever else I can in there. So, oh, yeah. We're making you pack the most dense things that we have. <laughs> <laughs> You're packing the power banks. Oh, God. Okay. I could do that. Yeah. yeah the power banks, yeah. the headlamps. Yeah, that's fine. What else is really dense? I don't even know. I can't think. Well, we might need our micro spikes too, but I, I can't fit anything else then. That's true. That's true. Anyway. 13 leaves. You got it. Yeah. So she's going to wear her little cute lumbar pack and yeah. Zion and Bryce and all that. And we're going to do an overnight, which yeah. is a big deal for me because I have not been able to do an overnight or through hike since all of this went down in July when I fell. Um, it's been very painful and they've told me not to until about now. I feel like I've been getting the green light lately that I can backpack with mm-hmm. a lumbar and I can, I can actually camp. Mm-hmm. So this is exciting. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting road because like we did the PCT in 2022. Then we went and did some gallivanting around Mexico and Europe and got the TMB in. Mm-hmm. And then when we came back, it was a struggle because I was working in a brewery. You didn't really have a whole lot of work. And yeah, and freelancing was, was slow. Freelancing was slow. And it was so damn snowy outside. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do a whole lot. And we didn't want to do a lot of snow stuff because we had done the snow stuff when yeah. we had done the trail at the PCT, like through the Sierras, we'd had full on snow. Yeah. And so I think we were kind of snowed out for a bit. We were snowed out. And then we we finally hit spring. Stuff starts to melt. So excited to do some 14ers. Fourth of July, like summer is kicking in. And that's when it all just went down. As soon as the snow was like officially starting to melt. That's when she has her accident on on Beerstad, yeah. and then she has had this arm issue ever since. And so now, so now, so now you're hiking so in the snow. So now I'm again. able to. Hi- I hiked in the snow today. I yeah. can snowshoe again. We can do winter camping again, winter snowshoeing. Um, and they're confident that I can start wearing a 50 pound pack again by February March mm-hmm. is what they said. So, but it's. I mean, it's it's a process for sure. Like I can't do a lot of. I can't run right now. I can't jog. Um, I can't do like long ass miles with a backpack, which is hard. Yeah. Um, very, very hard process. For no sure. jumping jacks. No jumping jacks. <laughs> I can't get my arm, like I can barely get it above my head Yeah. by itself. But you and know what? The sling's off. The sling is off. That's I don't, a, that's a huge I can finally use my hand. I mean, Wesley's had, seriously, Wesley's been like, uh, I'll brag on him in a second. He, he's been like the anchor in the middle of the storm and has loved me through this whole process and 
helped me through this whole process. And every time I'm like, please help me with this, he's there. And I mean, he, y'all, he had to pull my pants down after the surgery for like two or three days and pull them back up. Cause I, I couldn't do anything. I literally could not move. And I was on high drugs. Like I was on <clears throat> oxycodone and fentanyl. And then I had like an IV blocker in my shoulder, mm. which was not fun. Um, it's true love. And so, yeah, it was true love. So yeah. find you a person that will, that will be with you. And hike everything. down your trousers when you can't. <laughs> Man, that was a low point. Low point. <laughs> but I got I to pull her, um, her little catheter out of her shoulder that was mm-hmm. nerve blocking. So that mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah. It just slid right on out. That was weird. It was so weird. Blech. Oh, yeah. It was weird. So anyway, what about you? Any updates for you? <clears throat> um, well, it is summer. Oh, wow. It is winter. Summer. It's winter. Yeah, you want to stay in summer, don't you? I, I kind of do. In summer. It's winter here in Colorado. We are, is, what is today's date? November the 4th? 4th, yeah. We had a big snowstorm last weekend? Yeah, last week. Last yeah. weekend, actually, yeah, uh-huh. uh, during the Halloween party at Granola yeah. Pass Brewery. I was gone. I was in San Francisco, and I came back to like a winter wonderland. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm on my last month of my first semester here at Colorado Mountain College. Woo-hoo! I know. Hopefully, only three more semesters or so till I graduate. And Which is exciting. That's kind of exciting, and I'm taking a a crap ton of outdoor classes next semester. So I'm stoked about that. Avalanche rescue, ice climbing. Um, some mountaineering and winter navigation mm-hmm. stuff. Because That's you, exciting. You can't just take a whitewater rafting class in the middle of winter in Colorado. <laughs> You'd be just stuck on the ice sliding. So yeah, we are kind of just doing life right now and yeah. knocking in some some day hikes. Yeah. And some some winter backpacking coming soon. And we'll see what kind of cool hikes await us in the summer of 2024. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we should still not forget about the Colorado Trail no. that happened this last year. No, we're still, we just finished week one. We just finished week one. So we need to like put the pedal to the metal and like be able to have room for Zion and Bryce and the Grand Canyon. And, and our PCT that we have never finished. Oh, the PCT is like the backstory. It's the ongoing like grand, grand poobah of all this. <laughs> Forever will always be a part of the story yeah but i really want to get some more of our peeps on here and interview them oh yeah well i think we should interview them as we go though and we i think tell so different parts of different sections you know because yeah. we're still in the desert it's true stuck in the desert stuck in the damn desert always we always felt like we were just stuck in the desert like it was on a loop like it was if the seven levels of hell in the pct oh my god it really was I was going to say, though, so you all are going to hear this Colorado Trail experience. Um, you know, it's going to be new for you. But for me, I already heard it in the last podcast we recorded, <laughs> we recorded. But I will do my best to, like, see if I can just wipe it all from my memory. And wipe, ask wipe questions it all again. And ask good, intelligent questions. Yeah. Or even some unintelligent did. questions. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because I already did that. I know. I was like, you did such a great damn job. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because I was I was in it with you. Yeah. yeah. So well. Well, shall we, shall we begin? Shall we get started? Let's do it. I think we should. Well, um, okay. So what, we what day are we on? We did the first full week, so day well, basically day one through seven. So okay. now we are on day eight, which is July 29th. July. We're in November and it's in July. I July 29th here. 
It's great. And this is the day where I hiked by Bear Lake, which you and I had hiked before. Yeah. I also, the same morning, I met same weird, crazy chick from the last episode. Yeah, that where, really upset you. Where she kept yeah. like avoiding me and everything. And I met her this morning. I met her as I blew past her up a climb, which felt so good. And you never saw her again. And I never saw her again. <laughs> but she didn't say a word. She just smiled. Because you told her you were married after you'd already t- been talking and hiking together. Again, whatever, she whatever. Just start that out with. Not, not my problem. No, I'm kidding. Not You're right. Problem. You're right. This is your fault. It's my fault. Yeah. You said yes. It's half my fault. You got to bear the other weight of responsibility. That's like, true. I asked the question. Exactly. You said yes. Yeah. <laughs> Real glamorous. Stay. I'm sleeping on my face right there. Nice red mark. Bags on bags. It's beautiful. Just need coffee and food. Mm. Day eight on the CT. Getting closer to Twin Lakes today. If I could do 30, I'd be sitting in a recliner at Twin Lakes, I guess we'll see. We got some mountains juxtaposed against beautiful blue sky with clouds. And feeling good after two Pop-Tarts, two protein bars for breakfast and a morning poop out. Had 10 and a half hours of sleep. It's gonna be beautiful. And after Bear Lake, we... Oh, can you explain though where Bear Lake is? So Bear Lake is really close to the Timberline Trailhead, which is at the tip of Turquoise Lake by Leadville. Okay, so Leadville, Colorado. It's so Leadville, Colorado. Uh, Turquoise Lake, we had been to and hiked on a little bit before. I actually did a shakedown hike with my Ultimate Direction 40 liter fast pack on... The road that goes around Turquoise Lake. Just wanted to try it out. Yeah. It was kind of familiar. And it worked out great. So we we were familiar with this area. Yeah, we love that area. It's a good area. Yeah, if we didn't live here, we'd probably live in Leadville. Yeah, for um, sure. So I get up by Bear Lake, which is a spot you and I had hiked to before. Yes. Um, it was on like a Sunday and you were kind of stressed and strapped wanting to get back and do a, something for work. I can't remember what uh... it was. But we didn't like fully no, enjoy the No, I think it was hike. that I needed to get up early for work or something. No, you needed to send a call sheet. Oh, yeah. That's what you had to do. Yes. But yes. it still got sent out. We finished that hike. Yeah, yeah. It all worked out. You just didn't get to enjoy it. Okay, okay. But anyway, so those memories are all like playing through my head as I'm hiking through here. Oh, were they? And then. <laughs> it is beautiful. I get to the Timberline Trailhead, which is where we had met this guy. Mm-hmm. He was with like a Christian ministry doing trail magic for hikers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had met him earlier in the season. I can't remember his name. He didn't he have a trail name. So, uh, Fresh Grounds or Fresh something. Fresh Grounds, I think. That was it. That was it. But yeah, he had a whole van full of just goodness. He had a whole setup. Oh, he cooked us breakfast and we weren't even hiking a yeah. big trail. He just did it for the, the heck of it. Yeah. We were car camping. We were car camping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the trailhead this time, there was no trail no magic to be found. Oh, that's so sad. Even though the, the parking lot was full, it was oh, overflowing. It was. Really? It was spilling out onto the adjacent was road. Was it really? 
Yeah. Bar. But no trail magic at all. So sad. No one knows, I feel like, around there about trail magic. No one knows. So or maybe they just don't want to smell us. <laughs> or that. Or that. Um, so I hiked up and through that. And I had talked about with you meeting you at Twin Lakes. Yes. But it looked like Twin Lakes was going to roll over onto the next day. Which, yeah, wouldn't give us. Which wouldn't have given us much time no. to see each other. Yeah. So we kind of discussed like, hey, what about what, yeah. meeting at the Mount Massive Trailhead? Yes. Which is kind of close to Leadville. It's like a 20-minute drive out. Yeah, it's really not that far. No. Um, so that was really the game plan was to meet at the Mount Massive Trailhead. And all I did was just hike to the trailhead that day so I, that I got, was on day eight day eight and i got rained on quite a few times it kept raining on and I remember off that. and i just duck under trees if it rains heavier i pull out the tie back by this point day eight it's only a week and one day in it's already become like commonplace to get rained on throughout the yeah. middle of the day so you found it to be like <laughs> there would be rain on and off throughout the day in colorado yeah, I mean, you look at the sky and it's cloudy on one side, sunny on the other. All it takes is like a wind burst to blow the clouds over. And, and then you're in it. And then you're in it, yeah. But does it last? It doesn't last all day. Like, I feel like in the East Coast, like, rain lasts all day if it's going to rain. But <clears> there, was it like it, it lasts for like 30 minutes to an hour and then you'd be able to hike again and then it come back in? or? Oh, if you have a bad storm in Colorado, it lasts about 30 minutes. 30 minutes. In and the they're summer. Bad. In the right. summer. And it's like lightning. Yeah. yeah, it's like lightning, thunder, rain. I even and got hail. hailed on a few times. Yeah. So then you, yeah, so Mount Massive. Okay, so it was day eight. Yeah, day eight. I picked you up. And of all the days out on trail, this day and then the day that I leave Twin Lakes are the days where I see the most damn toilet paper. It's always of course, 90% of the time by a trailhead or by like, a vehicle access campsite. 90% of the time, you just see toilet paper all over the place. And it's just disgusting. And it really pissed me off because I was like hiking into the trailhead to you. And there's toilet paper everywhere. It's disgusting. And I took pictures and videos of all this stuff. And I'm going to make a reel out of this just mm -hmm. so people can see the trash that they leave out in nature. Which reminds me, I think I want to make that a question at the end is for you to talk about how can people be aware of trash and and things they can do like what is etiquette when you're hiking and like what's not biodegradable like how do you pack things out i just think that maybe that should be addressed for anyone that doesn't know yeah i think we could talk about that and i can you want me to mention it now or later yeah you can mention it now if you want so you can go to the national forest service website just type in leave no trace national forest service and it'll take you to the page, uh, the seven principles of leave no trace. And just to briefly summarize, it's going to tell you to pack in or to pack out all the waste that you took in with you. Um, to try and leave things that you found it. Don't disturb things. I mean, common, you know what? Not common sense stuff, stuff that we would think to be common sense. But a, well, lot, a lot of people, of people don't. don't think about it because they don't go outside a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, your toilet paper is not going to dissolve and biodegrade within a few days of you burying a hole and packing it. Like it's just not. Yeah. It's going to take a while. If you take wet wipes out there, there are plastics in wet wipes. So take a lot longer to biodegrade. And then the plastics get down into the soil. So just, just be mindful. 
look at some of these resources before you go out and do any camping, hiking, backpacking, whatever. So look up stuff about leave no trace and um, especially kind of focus on like how to dig a, a cat hole in the mm-hmm. wilderness. And, and how long or how big to, to dig it. How deep to dig it. Uh, take some Ziplocs and stuff to pack your, your used toilet paper mm-hmm. in. And if you want to cut back on toilet paper use, get this thing called a Kula cloth. Oh, what is it? K-U-L-A? K-U-L-A. K-U-L-A. It's like this Best antimicrobial pee cloth. Oh, yeah. It's great. And so all you do is... It. Marie Basecamp uses one. I don't, but... Yeah. I so mean, you, for a female, it's great. Yeah. You get the drips off, and then yeah. you hang the the cloth on the back of your pack. Yeah. And you let the sun the just sun, cook it. The sun cooks it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I didn't ever have toilet paper for peeing out there. It was just for pooping. Yeah. And that was wonderful. I love a cool cloth. Yeah. Man, love my cool cloth. Yeah. But I'll put some of the links to some of these these sites that you can go to and um, learn about how to be more respectful to nature, not only to like the immediate environment, but also to the animals out there because leaving food waste around can cause a bear to become food conditioned and that can lead to them becoming more audacious, which can lead to them eventually being killed. So just be mindful about these things. And we'll have, again, links in the the show notes later on. And I think what's wild to me too, though, is, is how many people do these trails <clears throat> and, and not even through, I'm not even talking about through hikers. I'm talking about just people that come for a day and they want to hike two miles in and how we'll find like, empty water bottles that people will either maybe it fell out of their pack i don't know but mm-hmm. we'll we'll find like little wrappers of snacks or you know granola bars or yeah. like it's like people just don't i don't know if it falls out or what if I, they just what i will say is that a lot of the stuff i i found other than the water bottles yeah. which just blows my mind how do you just lose a water bottle or you just leave yeah. it or whatever why would you throw it <clears> out but a lot of times I'll find like the piece of a snack wrapper that you tear off to get into it. Mm-hmm. I'll find like that on the ground, but not the whole wrapper. So it's almost like maybe it fell out or they just dropped it. Yeah. So it's like people are kind of trying, like they're putting their snack wrappers back in their packs, but the little piece that they tear off is small and light and just blows out or whatever. Mm. So that does give me some hope. But I think it's still good for people to be aware and to think before they like, when they open up their granola bar. <clears throat> Put it in a Ziploc after. Yeah, yeah. Like, take a Ziploc with you out there. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. Take some Ziplocs out there with you. Store your food properly. I mean, yeah, it weighs more, but take an Ursac or a bear can, or at least do, like, a bear hang. Mm-hmm. You know, the bear hang, that's, like, one, two ropes and a carabiner, and then you just hang your little baggie on it. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just so many ways that you can be more conscious and protect the like the place that you're going out to experience mm-hmm. and to disconnect in. Like we all want to go out and appreciate nature. And it's hard to do that whenever you have people's trash, their detritus, their waste, like all over the place. And they don't know how to properly dig a hole or like pack out their toilet paper. Cause it's disgusting to yeah. them. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest when I'm on trail, like it pisses me off and I'm like, fuck those people that left this. But I'm not taking that approach in this podcast. I'm taking the approach of education. People just need to be more aware of what to do when they go out. And I mean, more and more people are going out to national parks, to BLM mm-hmm. land, to, to just their local little trails. 
and they just need to be aware of what to do when they go out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's my little soapbox. Little rant. No, I asked you the question though, so because I think yeah. it's helpful. But okay, so I um, throughout that day, was there anything that happened before I saw you on the in the Mount Massive Trailhead? Uh, not really. Um, I I hiked by socially awkward girl. Uh, and After then she found out you were married by the Timberline Trailhead, and then really just up a whole bunch of ups and downs um, that day nice. until I got to Mount the Mount Massive Trailhead. You picked me up, and we'd only planned to take one day, what, one like zero, one day, in one zero, yeah. Um, so you picked me up, and you took me into Leadville. It was like what two, three o'clock. Yeah, and that was Saturday, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, you took yeah. me to the laundromat, which is right by a closed ice cream shop, and close to the Safeway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Because, well, no, no, no. I, I got us an, a, a hotel room at the King and Queen Suites. In oh, Louisville. yeah. <laughs> I thought we did laundry the next day. I thought we did it that first day. Maybe we did. Oh, maybe we did because you stunk. I stunk pretty bad. <laughs> and then we had yeah. dinner at... Epic Steak Gosh, what was it called? I don't know. We... we can't some, remember either. Some restaurant in Leadville, but we had London Broils. You, you would never know. Like, it's such a random little place. Yeah, but we had, what, like a 20-ounce London Broils yeah. that I had? And it was like maybe 20, bu- 20 bucks. Yeah, 20-something. It was so it cheap. Was huge. It was so good. Potatoes, veggies. Yeah. And then we had, what, beer? We had beer, I think. And... I think we got out of there for like 60 bucks. Yeah, so if you're going to be hiking the CDT or CT <clears throat> this next year... Like when you get to Leadville and you want a really good steak uh, and reasonably priced, I, gosh, I can't remember the name. I don't know. Let me just look it up real quick. Okay, look it up. So the name of it was, I just found this online. It's called Quincy's Steak and Spirits. You're welcome through hikers. Like you walk in and they have these old chandeliers on like these 16 foot tall ceilings or something. Carpeted. Dude, it's cute. The place was kind of dead though. Yeah, but like their steak and their loaded baked potato was phenomenal. Oh yeah, so go check it out. I think yeah that <clears throat> the Tennessee Pass Cafe or something has hiker discounts. Yeah. I think I remember hearing about that, which is really close to Quincy's. Yes. But I don't know. We didn't go to the, the Tennessee Pass Cafe. No, we did not. But what ended up happening though is that I was able to work from home on Monday. And I also had my post and my pre-op doctor's appointment for my shoulder that day as well. And so, so, so the day you picked me up is July 29th. Yeah. The next day, July 30th. Um, we just hung out. We just hung out in town, took a yeah. full on zero, mm-hmm. um, which is their grocery store and like a mm-hmm. little resupply. But day 10, is another zero that we decided to take, an impromptu zero. Well, it was more because I was having my pre-op appointment with my doctor for the shoulder surgery. And Wesley just, be- I mean, he was here. And the appointment was only like, what, 30 minutes away? Yeah. In Frisco. So we talked about it. And Wesley also agreed to stay. and like, Because I was like, I'd really love for you to be there. And so he came with me. Yeah. I mean, it's the least yeah. I could do. Like, you're supporting me while I'm doing this hike by myself. Yeah. Was that the first appointment then? 
Uh, that was the first appointment after you had gotten your x-ray. So you already gotten your x-ray, your oh, MRI. Oh, that was my first appointment. Sorry. And that was my very first and one. you went and spoke with them. And they're like, hey, so this is what's going down. Yeah. You tore your stuff pretty bad. Mm-hmm. We want to have like the Dr. Perventure check it over just to make sure. But mm-hmm. odds are you're probably going to need some surgery. Yeah. So. Like it, it sounded like surgery was inevitable at that point. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, then... We hung out in Frisco. And then we went to the Outer Range Brewery where mm-hmm. we got caught in this massive storm, lightning out so, the wazoo. So bad. And I'm like, dear God, I'm so glad that I am indoors and not <laughs> out there in a tent or under some bullshit. Well, bullshit? Bullshit. Some under bullshit. some bullshit Tyvek <laughs> impromptu shelter. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, man. It would have been bad. That would have sucked the hind tip. Bad, bad. Bad suck. <laughs> so then we just hang out that day. It was great. We did stay at, we had switched places and we stayed at a place called the Peaks Motel, but we got our own cute little like bedroom with a kitchen. It was like a little apartment and then we got a hot tub. Mm-hmm. Probably another reason why we did another zero. I mean, it was, uh, it was an it was, enticing place to stay at. It was really nice. And the, the woman that owned it was so sweet. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. And then I dropped you off super early back on trail the next day. Yeah. I might've like swapped out my food resupply three or four times because we had all these, like these dehydrated meals that these awesome companies had sent to us, like peak refuel, packet gourmet, Heather's choice. choice. Yeah. And so I have like all these great things, Options. even a, even a margarita mix in a bag and a banana pudding and a banana pudding. Oh, and I'm like, well, these are all great, but I'm so hooked on the damn ramen. He loved his fucking ramen. Even from the PCT. I never got ramen out, which I'm shocked. I didn't about. either actually. Yeah. Yeah. I got potatoed out. I couldn't do those, those Idaho and dehydrated mm-hmm. potatoes, but the ramen always just hit right. It, yeah. Um, so I, I kept on doing resupplies over and over and over. But you finally took me out that morning. My pack is heavy, unnecessarily heavy, because I couldn't really decide on what to take. So you I just took what? a lot. <clears throat> um, and you dropped me off at Mount Massive Trailhead. It had been raining a little bit. Everything is kind of overcast. There's a cloud inversion. So we're hiking in a little bit of cloud cover. Mm-hmm. Day 11, Colorado Trail. Just left base camp. She dropped me back off at the Mount Massive Trailhead. We're gonna do at least 21 to 22 today. Uh, get through the town of Twin Lakes, grab a sandwich or something there for lunch on the way, and keep on going. We got about two to two and a half weeks before I gotta finish. So we'll try to push some slightly larger miles coming up. And I make it to Twin Lakes. And Twin Lakes is, the, the like I said, the place that you and I had planned to talk, or you and I had planned to meet at. Yeah. But we decided for Mount Massive Trailhead. So I get there, and there's there's like a point on the Colorado Trail where you can take a short, quote-unquote shortcut down off the trail into the town of Twin Lakes, which is more of like a village than a town. It's so cute. It's, it's such cute. a cute stop. I love that place. Twin Lakes, Twin Lakes, so excited to be here, Twin Lakes, oh yeah. 
They have what a general store, like two lodgings, a food truck or I'd say two. One lodging. Do they have two? And a park. And they have a yeah, they have the pizza food truck. Yeah. But but in the winter it's like nothing. It's in the winter it's zone. all shut down. It's all shut down. But in the yeah. summer it's a cute little thriving village. Yeah. Know? It comes to life. Yeah, and they give hiker discounts everywhere. And they, they had the biggest hiker box on trail. I'm not surprised. They yeah. love their CDT and CT hikers. Love them. I take that back. They had the second biggest. Who had the biggest? Mola's Pass Campground. Really? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about that one later. Okay. That's the last week of trail. Okay. Yeah. All right. But um, so instead of taking that little quote unquote shortcut down in the Twin Lakes, which we had done before mm-hmm. and we know it's steep as shit. Mm-hmm. So I did not want to go down it and have to climb it back up. So I just kept going another two miles. Until I hit the highway, whatever it is. And then I just road walked for a half mile into Twin Lakes. Because it's not too bad. No. We've done it before. No, I mean, it's exposed and it's kind of hot. But So I did that road walk and then just walked back. Mm-hmm. After getting like a, a sandwich. What, I had to get a naked juice, an orange juice, and a milk. All your liquids. All the liquids. Liquids just seem you, to do it. You love your liquids. I didn't do a beer though, but I packed one out. I packed out one of those big, like oh, the big one. Okay, like thirty-two ounce okay. cores. Yeah, you should have just seen my face just now. I was shocked he didn't. He hadn't like bought yeah. a beer or drank a beer. Oh, okay. As long as you packed one out, I you, feel better you know about that. You know, I was about to say, I'm like, hold on. I don't know you to never not have like when you have the opportunity to have a beer on trail. Mm-hmm. You're gonna take it. And there was some guy there. I don't think I mentioned to him mentioned him to you last time. I like went through this. I don't think so. I couldn't figure out what he was. You mean like sexuality? He, no. Like if he was out there hiking the Colorado Trail oh, or CDT or what. Okay. But he was at the general store in Twin Lakes and he was screwing around in the hiker box. But <laughs> Was he homeless? He, <laughs> so, so, so get this. So get this. He had on like all black, like a black t-shirt. It's like some black cutoff jean shorts. Like, jean shorts? Like some black Converse? Yeah, I don't know anyone having converses on when they're... Did, was he just some random tourist that came through that was like, free stuff? Like, Well, well hang on, listen. Oh, I'm sorry. So like, no, you're fine. But he, he takes stuff out of the box. And I see him by the pit previews, the, like the little park area across yeah. the street. And then when I start hiking back and I reconnect to the Colorado mm-hmm. Trail, yeah. I see this guy in front of me. He's hiking on the Colorado and Trail. And he has a backpack? His backpack looks like, I don't know, an oversized purse slung on his back. That's the size of it. It's tiny. And he is fucking booking it. He's on the Colorado Trail going twice my speed. With black Converse's on? With like black everything on. What? I never got to meet him, but I was like, who is this phenomenon? Like, is, is, is he real? Was he a ghost? I don't know. Did he have a black purse on too? His his pack was black. It was all black. It was all blacked out. But not nah, he, so... he he must have been like late forties in his fifties. Really? Yeah. It was And he was going faster than you, which you were going like four miles an hour at the, that point. Uh I mean, yeah, he was he was going fast. I don't know. Phenomenon. I never saw him again. No. I which just... is crazy because like Mm-hmm. And he did he take the same route as you? Yeah, the east he, side? he took the collegiate east, and the thing with that is, whenever you leave the town of Twin Lakes, that's where and, you and you start going on the CT around the, the two Twin Lakes. Like it's a straight shot 
for miles. Yeah. And you can see all the way. Yeah, you can see. Yeah. And so I could see him all the way until he hit like the turn and there's like and a parking thought, lot. Like, and I never saw him again. Oh my gosh. He was just Maybe gone. he was a ghost. He was just gone. But okay, so I want to explain. We did explain this previously about the west and the east side. And the CDT, this is where the CDT and the CT split off, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's at Twin Lakes. So a lot of people will take the west side um, because it is more beautiful. It is more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and the east side is not as challenging. I think it's beautiful on that side, but I guess the east maybe. Side? Yeah. I guess uh, it's not the, as beautiful. The east side is in tree line, basically. It's in tree time. line. And the west side's not. It's up alpine. Oh, you're doing passes. You're like up in alpine terrain. Yeah, yeah. They and, hit, they hit apparently some of the other hikers hit more snow on that than they did later in the San Juan. Yeah, yeah. So so there's um that's kind of where that all splits off and then it does converge back together. But that is where the CDT is, is the west side. Yeah. And the CT is the east side. Mm -hmm. Um the official quote unquote trails. But you, you know, they give you this option, like, hey, you get a free pass if you're a CT hiker. You could do the West Side, and they even show it on the trail signs. Like they'll show a CDT and a CT mm -hmm. trail sign on both of these paths, West Andy. So it's it was confusing for us when we first started hiking those. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is going on? Why? Wait, I, but we're on this side, and then we're on this side, and then. Well, they're both the same signs and we finally got it down when we downloaded both of the far out maps <laughs> <laughs> for the ct and cdt now mm -hmm. we got it now we got mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. so um, you got oh man, that's <clears throat> wild about the anyway back to the guy but no yeah that was, that was so weird so flipping bizarre that's i don't even weird. know he was gone was he just like rummaging fast and then he just like left he was like the black knight <laughs> Did he have black hair? I don't remember his hair color. He has a black baseball cap on? I don't remember his his head adornments. I don't know. I don't know. But he was gone. I'm sorry. Black cutoff jeans. I kid you not. That's insane. Homie, black cutoff jeans and black converses? Homie was hiking on a budget. Like, don't don't judge him. Oh, I'm so <laughs> judging him. Like, that's going to be so uncomfortable. Is he not chafing like crazy? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Have any of you ever hiked in blue jeans is all I want to know. Please. Can you tell me? Oh, and not stretchy blue jeans. Like, yeah. Like the like, hardcore old school. Like the old canvas feeling blue jeans. Western jeans. The denims. I just want to know, has anyone else hiked in jeans? I have not. No, okay. I, have not, I have not done that. You know, I, I did. I did. Back in my early college years, we went to... God, what was it? It wasn't Okie Finoki. Finnezy Swamp. We went out to Finnezy Swamp in Georgia. But how many miles did you hike? Oh, maybe one. See, that, I feel like that. There were huge count. jeans and I had my knees cut out. Wait, you had knee cutouts? Yeah. <gasps> no. Wait, is Finnezy Swamp, is it in Georgia or South Carolina? Hold on. You had knee cutouts, babe? I did. Do you have pictures of any of this stuff documented? Maybe. Yeah, it's in a, it's in Georgia. Yeah, cool. So that was story. I need to see a picture of this stuff. Yeah, we went out there and I had I had jeans on. It's the only time no, I've ever hiked knee in jeans. cut off, or I'm sorry, knee cut out jeans. Yeah, they still went down to my shoes, but the knees were cut out. Yeah, because that's like the cool thing. You know, that's coming back. 
what is it like every 10, 20 years it cycles? Probably. Something like that. I feel like this last, this generation coming up, like they just take it all. They're taking it all. They're like, oh, I love it. 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Let's have it all. <laughs> the winner takes it all. The losers. I don't remember. That's all I know. Oh, well. There you go. Yeah, so after the Black Knight disappeared, <laughs> I get to the trailhead, and this is the second place with the most trash on the whole trail for me. That's so sad. They were like styrofoam to go containers. Well, and that's right cups. off the road, right? Too. It's right off the road. And people camp there. Again, always right by the trailheads Jeez. or the vehicle access campgrounds. And people just throw, oh, it's just so frustrating. And I have pictures of this stuff. And again, I'm going to make it real with all this just to make people aware of what's out there. So sad. It was disgusting. So then you, I remember, because I know this area too, because I've done it with him. But then you went around the lake. I went around the lake and then I go up, back, the same direction I just came. Yeah, and then you start like switchbacking. Yeah, you switch back up Well, you go around the lake and then you switch back up the climb and get up it. And then you're like in that like weird in-between space before you go back down. Yeah, and we had done it in the fall and there was no bear scat there this time. But when we did it in the fall. So much bear scat. Loaded. And it looks like they had had some upset stomachs. I thought that we were going to run into a bear because, like, it was fresh bear scat. I'm all shocked. Way. I'm shocked we didn't. Yeah. But no, I we did not run into a bear then. I didn't run into a bear this time. So weird. And the, the cool spot about the cool thing about this spot is that it takes you up into this like really unknown camp area where you can probably find between three to four little campsites. You can drive your vehicle up or your camper or whatever. Oh, you can? And it's surrounded by Aspen. I didn't know that. Yeah. We should camp, car camp up there We sometime. hiked. We hiked through it and it was all like golden oh, Aspen. The leaves were changing. I don't remember this. That, we oh, could, it was, it was that you beautiful. could like take a car up there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the CT takes you on a little dirt road for a minute. And I was hiking up through that. And I remember just beyond like a mile or so, there is... Like a little stream and a few campsites. And I thought about camping there. Mm. But then I saw lightning and thunder off in the distance. Mm -hmm. I saw the lightning, heard the thunder. Smart. And the campsites were right by power lines. Oh. Oh, that would be sketchy. So I'm like, that's a bad decision. Yeah. So I decided to keep going. And I went all the way to Clear Creek Reservoir. Yes, you went down down the mountain. Down the little switchbacks back off the mountain by the Clear Creek Reservoir, which is... The road you take, if anyone has been to these 14ers. If you know this area. It's the road that takes you to Belford, Belford Oxford, Missouri. 14ers. And uh, what's that other one we were going to? Huron. Huron. Um, and it takes you by like this old ghost town called Vicksburg. It's pretty cool. It's all the same road. Honestly, if you're ever in Colorado, this is where I would recommend going. Yeah. It's amazing. Clear Creek... <clears throat> Reservoir. Say that ten times fast. CCR. 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 Okay, no, that doesn't count. CCR. CCR. No, you need to say Clear Creek Reservoir. Clear Creek Reservoir. Clear Creek Reservoir. Clear Creek. Clear Creek. Clear Creek Reservoir. Okay, no, you can't say it like Clear Creek. Clear Creek. You can't even do it. I win this one. Clear Creek Reservoir. Yeah. Creek Reservoir. Clear Creek Reservoir. I was Clear Creek Reservoir. Are you done? The R's get me. The, the R's always get you. I know. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. You did a great job. <laughs> Lies. 
heading down there to Clear Creek Reservoir. <clears throat> down the little or, switchbacks. Down the switchbacks. And there are campsites by the inlet to the reservoir. It is epic. They're they're beautiful, epic campsites. Oh, You've seen them. Yeah, they're so cool. And there's one in particular that's right by the water. It's a clearing surrounded by like this tall, dense vegetation. And I'm like, ooh, that would make a great campsite. So I start to mosey on over there. And there is a single female sitting in this, like the middle of this clearing. And I'm like, oh my God, is this socially awkward girl again? So without even saying or doing anything, I just quietly turn around and I hike her right back out of that situation. And she never knew. To my knowledge, she never knew. It could have been an awkward, awkward moment. Or you could have just been like, yo, why are you being so weird? Why are you being like this? Yeah, is it because I'm married? Yeah, not not this, dis, D-I-S. Oh, why are you why being, you being like, like this? this? Okay. Because I, I is be murdered. Oh? I is be hitched. Okay. Is that, yeah? What yeah. language is that? Uh, this is my street lang- St- lingo. <laughs> street language? Yeah, it is. Nice. So anyways, I go and camp underneath these beautiful, like massive oh, oak trees. It looks beautiful. And they had the leaves are already started to change a little bit. So there's a like a, a nice soft leaf blanket on the ground. Mm. I pitch right by the water, do my little bootleg bear hang, go to collect some water, and there's someone had taken a shit right by the creek. And they had left their toilet paper party right there. Party foul. Party foul. He's party foul. Whatever. Starts to drizzle and I get in the tent and all of a sudden I hear these like squirrels going spastic as fuck up in the trees. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden I hear one like scurry down the tree and I think it's just doing squirrel things, making little burrows or whatever with caches. Yeah, doing its squirrel thing. Yeah. And then it comes and it hits my rainfly. <laughs> it like double taps, pop up my rainfly. And so I kind of kick the tent a little bit to make it go away. And then it runs underneath the rain fly, like in between, in my vestibule, between the tent and the fly. And it's like looking at me. And then it hits my tent. So did it hit your tent with its like little, little paw? With its little paw. So it pop. Yeah. And then I like, like jumped and I'm like, what you going to do, bro? And it ran out. Yeah. You, you intimidated it with your like. With my muscles. With your muscles. Yeah. Intimidated it. Yeah. And it never bothered me again. Never came back. Never came it, back. Maybe it just wanted to assess you. Assess the situation. Assess the danger. Yeah. Maybe it was a mama with little baby squirrels and it wanted to make sure you weren't going to like take the squ- the baby squirrels. Assessing the danger. That's that's plausible. I could see that. You know, mamas get crazy when they have little babies. So they do. And that was probably like baby season anyways. It could have been. Yeah. Could have been some baby squirrels up in there. Yeah. Mama's like, I need to make sure this isn't a bear. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, a bear that's just pitched this giant tent. Because who know who knew that bears Poor squirrels. Oh my Bears god. Bears take squirrels homes pretty much. Wait, what? Like, yeah, they take their like nest, they take their squirrel sash. They take their little nuts. Oh, sash, in yeah. the grounds, they'll dig up little mm-hmm. squirrel nut caches and yeah. just eat them. Yeah. It's really kind of mean, to be Ooh. honest with you. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Nature. So you're that was day eleven? That was day eleven. Okay. So then you slept like a baby, I'm sure. Yeah, I, so I actually 
I I've been saving this one for a special occasion, but I ate one of my Heather's choice meals. Ooh, what was it? The shepherd's pie. Oh. You know, being from like Scandinavian, Scotch Irish descent. Shepherd's pie is so good. And I'm partially English too. Mm-hmm. I'm super white. Um, it's comfort food for me. Yeah. And I just needed a good comfort meal that day. You know, you would just drop me off. I was kind of sad about that. I know, sweet words. I'm really excited for this one today from Heather's Choice, the grass-fed beef shepherd's pie, because it's comfort food. Going from Twin Lakes to Durango, which is over 300 miles. So I just need some good old-fashioned comfort food, like shepherd's pie or some Guinness or dark beer stew, or to be honest with you, even haggis. Basically anything Scotch-Irish. So shepherd's pie is going to hit right. Celebrated the day with some shepherd's pie. Nice. And then I watched some anime because I had a, a ton of anime downloaded onto my phone. <laughs> how was that? <clears throat> how was the shepherd's pie? Oh, so good. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I need to. Wait, aren't they selling Heather's Choice now at REI? Yes, they are. So I wonder if we could get one and try it. We should. And they have a lot of other ones that I haven't tried yet. Oh, I'm excited. They've got some really good food. Heather's Choice, shout out. Yeah. Um based in alaska so they make these dehydrated meals that are like true real ingredients real food you'll understand all the ingredients when you read the back of the package but we just really love them they're not Mm -hmm. the highest in calorie content but they pack a lot of flavor and they're they're relatively filling for not being high in calories and honestly i think you could even add ramen and olive oil to them and then hit your calorie mark which is what i did i I pretty much to every meal that was like every dehydrated meal out there, I added a, a ramen packet to it mm-hmm. just because I needed more substance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty typical when you're like anyone needs more, you know. Yeah. You I mean, need like an over 1,000 calorie or 1,200 calorie meal when you're for dinner. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 5'11", 180 pounds, and yeah. I was doing like 20 to 25 mile days. Like yeah. I need a big dinner. You need dinner. Like a 15, 1600 dinner. Yeah. To make up <laughs> for all the loss. <laughs> Bill was so skinny when I saw him at the end. I was like, dear God, I, I got to fatten you up to start making some cookies and brownies. And I know. How do I sneak in some food into you? I was just ready to get to the end at the end. Should have like pumped an IV full of fat into your body or I something. Know. I know. Anyway. And I got up super early that next day. Like I have it already in my mind. You know, the, the campground with all the campers is right by me. I'm going to yeah. use the pit toilet like first thing in the morning. What a luxury is that? You're brown blazing. Brown blazing. And that first pit toilet that I went over to was <laughs> demolished. Oh, no. Probably all the hikers. Oh, there are hundreds of flies inside of it. Ew. There is like, there's trash lining Ew. three and a half of the walls inside no. of the pit privy. You couldn't have paid me to sit on that toilet. You might as well just dig a hole. Might as well just dig a hole. But I walked like another quarter mile to another pit toilet. See, that's how dedicated I was to find a clean pit toilet. Because you really care about those pit toilets. I did. He used to be able to hold his poop in on trail on the PCT until we found a pit toilet. I was so impressed. I couldn't do that. And I probably could have still done it out here. But if I had one like right there, why not? not I get it. I get it. So I'm I'm hiking to the other pit toilet. People are starting to like stir in their campsites and their campers. (laughs) And right by the one toilet... There are these three old guys out there in their fold-up chairs, like, drinking their morning coffee, looking at the sun. And I walk by, and they're just, like, waving. And I know they're thinking, this damn hiker is going to go in here and destroy this toilet. (laughs) 
And I didn't. I was very, very clean, very respectful. Mm-hmm. So I did my business. I was happy to have a clean toilet. And I start the trail. And this is this is a lot of climbing this day. Day twelve on the P. Well, on the CT Colorado Trail. Lots of climbing today. But after 38 miles between today and tomorrow, I'll be at the Mount Princeton Hot Springs and Resort. Really got a little restaurant, a little resupply. So that is the objective. Just the truck and make it there tomorrow. I had to start the day off with the climb just like as soon as you cross the bridge over it that little intense. inlet into Clear yeah. Creek. Yeah, it looks intense. <clears throat> we've never done it together, so I don't know that climb. But yeah, it we've, looks intense. We've never done it together. Um, but I kind of started getting into this habit where I would do a, like I would break my breakfast up into multiple steps. <laughs> because it, it just, it's uncomfortable like loading up before you start hiking. Yeah. And then you have to start climbing like that yeah so what i was doing is i would eat like a small protein bar or something and i'd pull out a range meal bar which is like 700 calories like a little bit bigger um which so, we also need to talk about the pro range meal bars yes uh, i had a lot of those suckers out there and they're like packed full of calories they're like 700 calories per bar per bar and th- yeah, I guess we could talk about them right now. The beauty of range meal bars, there's there's two like predominant flavors right now. I'm sure there are new ones coming out in the future. But one is like a coffee chocolate. So that's yeah. like a really good one to get your morning started. It's got the caffeine in there and you know the antioxidants from the chocolate. So that's great. Mm-hmm. But the other one is ginger and sea salt. Mm-hmm. Which and is also great. The ginger is great if you have an upset stomach. Yeah, or if you're nauseous, altitude. Uh-huh. And then sea salt, electrolytes. Yeah, I mean, they both have salt in them, but this has like mm-hmm. extra salt. Yeah. Uh, both of them, like the main carbohydrate, like the main sugar added is molasses. Which is great. Which is like high carb. It's a little bit more complex than white sugar is. So it burns a little bit slower. That's what you say. Doesn't it help burn slower? Yeah, it's more of like a sustained... Um, energy boost. Mm-hmm. So whoever created the pro range meal bars really thought about how can a hiker sustain high calorie, but not very heavy either. Like, I mean, like, like weight wise, it's not that heavy. It's about five ounces. But for a high calorie meal like that, I mean, it even feels like, I mean, 700 calories is a lot. I mean, any hiker out there knows the food is where your weight is. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to carry food out there if you're going to keep going. So you might as well try and get the most bang for your buck. But the fact that it's in like a little bar form. Oh, it's pretty great. And it's 700 calories or 750. Uh-huh. Like to me, that's so impressive. Yeah. Because it's like, holy shit. Like that's a, that's a meal right there. It is. Or a snack mm-hmm. while you're climbing. I'll admit the first couple of them that I ate, I had to get used to it. Not because of anything to do with the range meal bar, but because from our like, or past in trail running. Oh, <laughs> do you remember we, we would get these things and they were, they were like, yeah. so it wasn't the goose. It wasn't stinger oh, energies. What was it? Um, they were called mirror energy. Yeah. And it's basically a shit ton of molasses with flavorings. We took them on Mount Rainier with us. 
And we ate so many of these things. I lost the taste for molasses. Oh, yes. We hated them. So I had to like get hand. used to the molasses again in these um, range meal bars. That makes sense. But like once I had had like two, I was like, oh, I actually kind of enjoy these again. Yeah. So yeah, they were really great supplements for breakfast because you don't want to eat a Pop-Tart every single day. No. Like sometimes you just want something that's going to fuel you, but it's not like... You don't, you don't feel like you're eating garbage. Yeah. You know, it's well, whole and, foods. Yeah. And it's also low, low, like, it's not like you have a sugar rush and then you crash. Like there is a, like a long sustaining, uh, thing on them because of the molasses. Well, right? well, like, so whenever you, you intake sugars, if you intake them with proteins or with like really big complex carbs, or especially with fats, mm-hmm. it helps you, it helps prevent those big like sugar spikes in your blood sugar. Uh, so it's like a, a slow, gradual like sugar release. release as opposed to, oh my God, I'm jacked up on Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Let's go hike a mountain. Yeah. So it's it's, it's more beneficial for, for like a long day ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you can't you shouldn't really expect like a sugar crash at the end of it okay because yeah. it's been releasing slowly. which is great which yeah. is great so then you hiked that up i hiked up and then i hiked down again as you do and you usually hike down a climb <laughs> um and then i got to another climb and it was time for lunch and this is so crazy to me i had never done this out there this is the only time i ever did it but i sat down for lunch at the top of the second climb and i'm like wow the skies are really dark. Like there's, there's thunder like way off in the distance. And I would hate to be sitting here and get rained on like during the middle of my lunch. So for some weird reason, I felt compelled to like use a trekking pole and I pulled out my rain fly from my tent and I did this, this like super bootleg, like tarp pitch with just the rain fly of my tent. And after I do it, I'm like sitting there eating lunch. I'm like, well, I hope I didn't just waste time. Yeah. But then it starts to hail. Man. And it hails for a good half hour. 30 minutes. That's like the, the Colorado storm minutes. like time frame. Yeah. And it hailed for 30 minutes. I was like, man, I am so glad that I did this. I don't know why. Was this like the trail gods? Was this Enri? Yeah. Was this like I don't know, just gut, my own gut intuition? intuition? Yeah. Whatever it was, I was glad that it it like prompted me to pull out this little tent contraption. Yeah. Because it saved me. So I had a sneaking suspicion that it was going to be raining shortly after I stopped to take lunch here. So I pitched the rain fly in a very makeshift, like, teepee style. And it has worked. Because now it's hailing. Kind of glad that I did this instead of just hoping it would go away. Yeah, really, after that, the skies opened up kind of as they do. And um, I was allowed to get to the trailhead. Oh my God. Also, sorry if you're like hearing this or it's picking up in our microphone, but we do live in an apartment complex and right underneath us <clears throat> is a family with a child who's like, I don't know, probably five. And he loves, and they have two dogs. One is a Husky. Now this makes more sense. But they, the child and the two dogs, love to run around the entire apartment, like, at night. Mm -hmm. And the little child loves to scream. 
Yes. So we're hearing screaming right now. Yes, it does. I hope you can't hear it. <laughs> but yeah, so hailed, skies opened up, and then I get to the North Cottonwood Creek like parking uh, area. Okay. There's a there's like a parking lot, uh, another yeah. pit toilet, and right as I get down there, it pours, and this is the heaviest it rains on me the entire trail. So I'm like sitting over there. I, I found a, a larger like pine, and I pull out the Tyvek. The rain is like. It's, it's literally beating down on the Tyvek. Like, I can feel it. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Opened up again. Pretty heavy this time. Just hanging out and here with my Tyvek. Doing what we do. I'm doing all this on top of some someone's dog's shit. Because no! Pe people just don't pick up their dog's crap That's for some reason thing. that is another thing it wasn't we in just, a bag it wasn't in a bag it was just open and exposed we just saw dog shit today on the trail yeah and i'm like well i'm not moving because i'm gonna get soaked so i'll just coexist with with the, the dog with shit. the poop for a minute <laughs> um and once the rain subsides actually it was a little bit shorter than 30 minutes more okay. like 15 of like right. super heavy rain yeah i go down to where the campsites are supposed to be just past the pit for and it rained so hard so quickly that everything was pulled up. Like all the campsites oh, were pulled. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Um, all the foliage was just soaked. And it, was, it was kind of a miserable situation because, you know, I hate to be wet. I know. Wet, like Wesley being um, cold and wet. Not even the cold, just wet for me. Wet, but also if it's cold. Secondly cold. That like is like a double whammy. Yeah. But wet, like rain wet. I can take the heat all day. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's not, like you can't do it. I'm not about that soaked life. No. He no. can do the snow. He can do the heat. Yeah. He can do the sun. But if he starts getting rained on, might as well put the tent up. We'll see what happens <laughs> when we do the AT one day. <laughs> oh my God, I know. You might as well get rain pants, rain jacket. I'll be out there double fisting umbrellas. You would? Yeah. <laughs> And so, I, so these campsites are all flooded and it's just kind of miserable. I'm like, mm -hmm. fuck this. And I go and regroup again at the pit privy because it's got a little There's awning. There's a pit privy. <laughs> like it's got an awning. Like that's a refuge. Which, no, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. Everything else is wet except for that little like four by four like awning and inside the pit privy. Yeah. Everything else is wet. Yeah. So I go and check the map and I'm like, oh, there are campsites up higher. I'm like, oh, well. If I climb higher and I give it time to like evaporate a little bit because we're at high elevation, yeah, maybe I'll find some dry campsites. And so I, I, I go that. up, and it is by far the steepest climb on the whole trail. This is like a lot of, a lot of firsts and most extremes here in this episode. I know, but this Wait, is the steepest I climb. The steepest climb was. Oh, Gold Hill out of Breckenridge. Yeah, that's the longest climb. But it's not the steepest climb? No, the steepest climb is just out of Cotton or North Cottonwood Creek. What is this? Man, it's like oh, it's painful. Is that before Princeton? Look at this. Area? Look at that. It's, oh yeah. It's yeah, yeah. straight the fuck up. How uh, much how much do you gain in that? What is that? So that's eleven thousand nine hundred at the top. At the top, okay. At two hundred and thirteen miles. Okay. And you start at it's nine thousand four hundred. Would you just say eleven thousand nine hundred? So that's two thousand six hundred. Eleven thousand. That's two thousand six hundred feet. 
in how many miles? <laughs> 210. Oh, in three miles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like, that's a pretty decent climb. Oh, <laughs> I, I was like. Oh my gosh. Almost on my hands and knees at some parts. Really? Of yeah, it was oh, crazy. Oh, shit. Okay. But I'm like, well, the higher I go, the drier it should be, right? Yeah. And I get up there, and there is an abandoned, like, cabin. Yeah, didn't you say it was, like, haunted feeling? It, it felt, like, really weird. And it, <laughs> it was just past the only, like, commented on campsite icon. And so I keep going, keep going past the haunted-ass cabin. I don't know, maybe a quarter mile later, I hit Silver Creek, and there are campsites there, thankfully. And there are actually a few other tents pitched just above where the only open campsite was, which is right by the creek. And I mean, yeah, you're not really supposed to camp by water, but this is literally the only available spot spot. for a while. There are Widowmakers. Oh, gosh. Kind of like randomly placed throughout the woods. So I tried to pitch my tent like, strategically behind a few other small trees so that if something crazy happened in the night, maybe those trees would catch oh gosh. a deadfall. Well, I finally made it to camp. Tent is still pretty soaked, at least the fly is, but everything on the inside should be nice and dry. Here at Silver Creek, and there's a few other people camping back here and one other over here. The problem is that there are so many Widowmakers everywhere you look. So you just got to kind of toss up a prayer and try and also pitch your tent uh, where you think will be the safest. At least this one over here. If some catastrophic event happened, it looks like it might fall towards the creek. This one, at least a protective by this healthy tree right here. But, I mean, <laughs> neither one of these is ideal. So, just gotta hope that everything is uh, good overnight. But yeah, here's home. Glad to be in the tent, finally. Over 6,000 feet of vert today. It'll be a big day of climbing. But tomorrow, Princeton Resort. Uh, nothing happened. But I do remember it kind of like misting most of that night and being right by the creek, everything was soaked. <clears throat> oh, that's so the worst. Q Wesley Black, aka Yeti Legs' worst scenario, just being wet, soaked <laughs> so much. Wait, so that night while you were sleeping, it was wet and soaked? Or... Oh, my sleeping bag was soaked. Really? Yeah. Not, not because it got rained on, because it's just so damn humid. And then my... <gasps> My body heat is just making it worse. Oh my gosh. So like I've got I've got an inch or so of like dry warm sleeping bag and on top of that it's like damp, like clumping together wet down. And then your tent's wet, everything's wet, wet. Everything's wet. And I woke up that morning. It's actually the morning of day thirteen. You look so miserable. <laughs> oh yeah. If you, you, you can see this picture. I have like my my UD jacket on, like zipped up with the hood on. Was it cold? It was cold. And I'm like struggling to even do anything this morning. Oh my god. I'm like, gosh. let's just get coffee going. Coffee makes everything better. Mm, so yeah. I brew a pot and I spill it. 
The whole pot. <gasps> spill it. Oh, that's right. You told me this in the last time we did this. And it's like... You spilled the entire thing. And it starts flowing towards my tent and oh, the Tyvek. No. And I'm, I'm like, sure you were just saying every profanity. Oh, I was cussing up a storm at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch, just give me a break. <laughs> spilled my coffee this morning. It's worse than spilled milk, I think. Not really sure, but I'm saying that. And the sleeping bag is pretty damp. Tits wet. Just another day in the life. Also, we will be going through all of Wesley's gear. Um what after the podcast? But yeah, I think after we get through the, the yeah. Colorado Trail story. Yeah. Then we can, can go give through. A, yeah, a good good blowdown of yeah. the, the gear. Yeah. I never changed my gear out the whole trail, so which is awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, it all worked out for me. Yeah. So then you so that was day this okay, day you wake 13. up, that's day thirteen. Well, thirteen was it Friday the thirteenth? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. Um, so I try and like placate myself with another range mill bar <laughs> and i brew another cup of coffee always have excess dehydrated coffee just always in case. always just in case you spill the entire pot yeah and i didn't leave camp man until like probably 8 30 and all these other tents above me oh they're gone oh no 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 they're like trying to dry out their shit and I'm like, you do know the sun isn't going to hit the spot for a couple more hours. So you better get out. And you're right by a creek. Yeah, get out like, and find a spot like uh, somewhere else where the sun is shining. Yeah. yeah, like you do not choose this spot to dry to your drive. stuff in. <laughs> like it's cold and it's wet. And yeah, I mean, I never saw them again either. Well, of course you didn't. But so you I do. You never saw anyone again. I do actually find a really good spot probably three or four miles down the trail. Okay. Can you guess what I found? trail takes you right by a pit privy. The trail engineers at the CT were so smart. They knew. They just knew. A bush? A parking lot and a pit privy. A parking privy. lot? Of course you found a pit privy. Yep. Um, but the sun was out and it was actually turning into a nice hot day. Nice. So Good. I just, I put all my stuff out on the asphalt and on like the the grass right Which by the asphalt. Which is perfect because of the heat. And it probably took a good hour to dry everything out thoroughly, even the sleeping bag. Jeez. But it did. I would it have been all chomping out. at the bits. Oh, I mean, I I had cell service, so I was actually messaging you. Oh, that's when, okay. That yeah. was one of those moments. I was messaging you. <laughs> I went and took a good poop. And you probably called me, too, during that time. Yeah. And I listened to some audiobook. Nice. Yeah. And all my stuff was dry, and I was just happy as a little clam. Dry stuff always makes me happy. That's, and you know, that's something I want to say about through hiking. It's like mentally you're in these spaces when it gets the worst for you, there's still the next, the next day or the next day or the next day, whatever, uh -huh. where the sun finally shines. Like it does finally get better. It does. And that's what you always have to remember and remind yourself in through hiking. I feel like is like, it's shitty in this moment and it fucking sucks, mm -hmm. but there will come a moment where everything's better. Yeah. My mind's better. And we mm -hmm. keep going. Like, yeah. It's true. And, you know, it's it's like the concept of black and white or night and day, uh, pain, no pain. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the most extremes make you appreciate the opposite extremes. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not saying that not being in pain makes you appreciate pain. Yeah. But the fact that you can experience hurt makes you appreciate when you don't. Or... 
I, I mean, you know, like if you're in pain sometimes, whenever you finally have that pain resolved, be yeah. it with medication or, or the pain just goes away, you're, you're so thankful for it. Yeah. Because you felt like the other side of the suck. Yeah. I don't know. Courtney DeWalter's pain cave analogy is always really great. Yeah. You go through a pain cave, but at some point you come out of it. And so, I mean, it doesn't have to be pain. It can just be discomfort in a slew of different ways. It could be just being soaking wet. <laughs> it could just be soaking wet. <laughs> and what was it? I, I, I think it's not suffering. It's choosing to endure. Oh, you told me about this. What What's his name said? Yeah, and I'm about mm -hmm. to get into that. Mm -hmm. But you, you choose on these long hikes like this. And even in, in like your normal day-to-day -day life, you choose to endure things. Mm-hmm. And whenever you choose to do it, that's you actively like doing something or pursuing something that you want to do or you feel like you have to do. But you suffer whenever something is completely out of your control and it just makes things bad. Would you say, though, on through hiking, it would be considered suffering if you're in a situation where you don't have like, say, all of a sudden a snowstorm hits and you don't have enough gear and you start going into hypothermia? Or is that choosing to endure because you chose this life? I think that's choosing to endure because you didn't bring the right equipment with you in the first place because so you, you didn't know your yeah. terrain. Yeah. I feel like the definition for me of suffering is like when you are stuck in a country where you cannot get out uh -huh. and you're being killed. Against your will. Against your will. That's suffering. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would be my de definition of suffering. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, that was a dark turn. But. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, and, and I, I know what you're alluding to. Yeah, but that's my definition yeah. of suffering. It's like, I guess that's what you mean by that. It's like when you can't, you didn't choose this. You have no control. You have no control. Because like like doing a through hike, you can bail at any point. Right. You have control. Whenever you want to, you have control to just leave and say, this has been enough. Yeah. But like if you're trying to drive home, like that's that's something you have to do is try and get home. And if something unfortunate happens to you, then that's out of your control. So that's more like, that's not you like choosing to be in that situation and choosing to remain in it. That's you just trying to suffer through it. Oh, I see what you're home. saying. Enduring yeah. is more like we choose the through hike and we choose to still stay in the suffering. Yeah. You choose the through hike. You choose to, to go and cycle for 60 miles and get cooked in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what I think the difference between... Um, choosing to endure and suffering is. I want to get into like the people who who reminded me of this because up until this point, I thought, yeah, I'm just sucking it all up and kind of suffering through. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of, you know, they they really delineated it for me. Mm. So this sweet woman and her husband, um, I worked with her. Her name is Abby Cobb. So a sweet woman that I worked with back in. Summit County Public Health lives very close to Princeton and she is actually going to pick me up and have uh, could be a place to stay tonight and nice hot dinner it's not ramen or dehydrated so excited about this just going to get to the the Chalk Creek <coughs> or Chalk Cliffs trailhead and yeah it should be it should be lovely she asked me if i had any requests and i just said ramen and coors light which feels perfect 
yeah, just super excited. Super grateful for all the favoritism. Favor. Let me get in here. No complaints on my end. Um, they have a house really close to Mount Princeton. Um, and on this like specific day, after I've dried out all my stuff, and my next big goal is to get to the Mount Princeton Hot Springs. Like not to soak as, as great as that would have been, but to go to the little general store and get some beverages, as I like to do. Always. Yeah, I actually got a Perrier and a juice. Oh, a Perrier. OJ. I know. Stepping Living up in the fancy. world. Fancy. And I only had to go another like mile and a half or so after that general store to get to the Chalk Creek Trailhead, which is right by the Chalk Cliffs. Beautiful. Like, That's a beautiful area. These beautiful, like almost pasty white cliffs mm. right there just below Mount Princeton. Um, and she, she picked me up probably two hours before the sunset. And you can see Mount Princeton kind of in the background. And it's such a beautiful mountain, but like really weird memories <laughs> from that place. Because before we, before I ever thought about doing the Colorado Trail. Before we ever moved to Colorado. Before we ever moved to Colorado, we had our honeymoon in Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, which this is back in 2020, mm -hmm. which got us to move to Colorado. But anyways, on our honeymoon... We had a Jeep rental, four by four, and we didn't know how and, to use it. And we didn't really know how to use it. I mean, we're from Georgia, you know. I mean, we have an all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive, but still. But we don't have four-wheel. Um, and we're like, hey, let's go do a really cool climb on our honeymoon. Mount Princeton. Let, let's let's pick a fourteen or let's do some cool stuff. It was so close. So Mount Princeton was really close to our Airbnb, and we. We start to drive up the access road to Princeton. And there's like a little bit of snow, maybe a little bit of ice at the beginning. It's fine. So we keep going up. And this is all a single lane dirt road yeah. up a mountain. Yeah. And there's like a huge drop off on the other side. Huge drop off, no railing. Yeah. So we keep going up it and the snow starts to get thicker. The ice gets worse because it's kind of shaded. And the Jeep starts to slip back. Because we don't have it in four wheel drive. We don't have it in four wheel drive. And... You know, we're, we're trying to go up this road with these conditions for like a good half hour. Mm -hmm. And like my heart rate's increased. <laughs> like, babe, I don't feel comfortable doing this because I think we'll be fine. But it's like a $40,000 Jeep that we're likely to drive off a cliff here. And that would be bad. I don't think I've ever seen Wesley so scared. I was, I was like gripping the steering wheel yeah. with white knuckles. Like, like, and he, to the point where he's like, okay, we're going to turn around um, you get out of the car and I'm going to like try to three point turn this and you get, let me know when I'm about to hit this thing or like about to go over the cliff. Uh huh. And so this is what we're doing. And I just remember you saying you had the door open. I had the door open. Yeah. As I was backing <laughs> down these dirt roads that were iced over and thank God we finally got out safely. It we took did. forever. It took yeah. hours. You were shaking. Though. I was shaking. And so as I was at the Mount Princeton hot, hot spring like resort that day on the Colorado trail, I, I shot a metaphorical bird at Princeton <laughs> for all that it has put us through. Cause yeah, it's like the, cause that, that access road we took in the car, the Colorado trail actually is like right there. 
off yeah. of like you have to take that access road down to get to the Mount Princeton Hot Springs, right? It is the Colorado Trail. That access yeah. road was covered in ice that day on our honeymoon. Talk it was about, the Colorado Trail. Talk about full fucking circle. That was some full circle-ish right Bullshit. There. No. Yeah. But um, I, I want to ask really fast because yeah. you said you talked about the pavement and the pit privy. How many miles did you do between that to get to the the chalk head trailhead? Like, was this like a full day? Was this like a 20 miles to? You want me to tell you the, the mileage for the whole day? I know. I, I mean, if you want, you can. But I was just curious how long between the pavement to the the chalk head trailhead. Let's see. Avalanche trailhead. So avalanche trailhead is where I dried my stuff at. Uh, so that is mile 216.6 to 216.6. To 230. So I had 14, 14 miles. miles. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because like, I want to know like, okay, you must have had, did you have a long trek between the two? Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's so 14 pretty, miles. So you did like a 20 mile day that day. From the Princeton Hot Springs, you have to go. So from 230, it takes you to the Chalk Creek Trailhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 232. So that's another basically two and a half. Mm. And okay. I, and I remember that stretch from that parking lot to Princeton-ish area. But Sweet Abby picked me up. She had asked me if I had any special requests and all I wanted was Coors Light and ramen. <laughs> so when I got to her house, Sweet she woman. had a six pack of Coors Light for me and glass bottles. <laughs> I should have specified cans. Cans. Hard yeah. to pack out glass bottles. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I had dinner with her and her husband, Andy. Andy used to actually um, be a mountaineering guide in Nepal, which, which is, is super, super cool stuff. Legit. <laughs> uh, and, and she and Andy are still bikers today, and they still get out and do things. We really but need to get together with them. I really want to. Yeah. I think you would love both of them. Yeah, we need to figure that out. But they were kind of asking me like my story and why I chose to do longer hiking. Like Sometimes I tend to get a little negative. I admit that. But I started talking about how I just kind of been suffering the last few days and all the the I mean, rain. It was a hard mental place, yeah. And that's when he's like, "Well, I think I have to disagree with you there." He's like, "I think you've you've chosen to do this, so you're choosing to endure it. You're not you're not suffering because suffering is out of your control." I was like, "Wow, that's, that's a really good definition." That's a really like deep and good definition you gave. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of like changed the way that I looked at challenges. Oh. It's kind of like how when I was running, okay, then when my shoulder dislocated, uh-huh. is that suffering? Because I didn't choose for my shoulder to dislocate. Uh, I mean, anything that you experienced like on your run, like you were enduring it, but like your shoulder, I don't. See, I th- that's where I'm wondering, like I, I did not ever, like I can't get out of my shoulder dislocating and me having surgery. Yeah. And then going through this process post-surgery. I think there's. I mean, it's always a gray area, yeah. right? Uh, like you were, you were choosing to to get out of breath, to get the scrapes and the bruises on on your run on beer stack, right? But like, I didn't choose. You to... didn't choose to do a shoulder roll and, and screw up your shoulder, or did I? Because my brain did it, but but I, I didn't know. choose. Well, no, I guess I did choose all of this because I chose to run. I chose. I didn't choose to trip, but I, there's always a risk in tripping. You didn't choose the aftermath, but you chose to like be flying downhill yes. because you were riding a high of yeah. flying past people. Yeah. And it was a 14er. And it was a 14er. And I was trying to get done fast. So like, yes and no. 
Yeah. But I guess I can see though, I did, I guess it's that the idea of you can always get off of a trail, like it's a choice. Yeah. But like I, I couldn't necessarily when it comes to my shoulder, it's like, I can't do things that I wanted to do anymore right now. Yeah. So then is that I don't have a choice then? At, At this point, no, you don't have a choice. So is enduring mean you have a choice? Suffering means you don't have a choice. I think so. And I think that once you you finally got your MRI and your x-rays and you went to the um, yeah. to Sedman Clinic, they're like, hey, like you've really messed up your shoulder. Yeah. Like at that point, the choice is taken away from you. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, surgery is really your option. Yeah. yeah. And so I think since all that has happened, like you've, you've kind of been suffering a little yeah. bit. Okay. Well, no, that's, that's helpful. You chose to have the surgery. Technically, yes, but it was like, I felt like I was backed into a corner because yeah. they said, well, if you want to keep being active and if you want to do through hikes, like you mm-hmm. should get the surgery. Yeah. I mean, and that was your choice. And I think it was the right yeah. choice. Yeah. Because now you're on the road to recovery and you're out here doing little snowy hikes. <laughs> yeah. But so, anyway. Yeah. But, but no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Sorry, I, I just, I, it's hard to wrap my head around like I because I go into extremes and so it's like I can understand suffering is like when people in Gaza are stuck and they can't get out and they're like dying and their loved ones are dying like that's suffering Mm because you literally have no choice yeah um but like I totally understand we live where we do and we have choice and we have like Mm-hmm. we choose to endure when we're through hiking. I totally get that because we could get off of a through hike in five seconds if we wanted to. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's like, but, but there's gray area in between. Cause if you're on yeah. a through hike and you get mauled by a bear, yeah, you're fucking suffering because you're just mauled by a bear. Yeah. It's like that you was didn't choose for a control. bear to come up to you and take you down. Yeah. You chose to keep hiking, but you didn't say, Hey bear, come and like gnaw my thigh. Right. Yeah, you just did. Like the that like those people in uh, Yellowstone that what's the name the podcast they were talking about. Oh my god. The bears, Tooth like, and eight, claw. Yes. Like eight people. Yes. Like you didn't choose that life, but that, yeah. That was terrible. That was, so that was terrible. Oh, but anyway. Okay. But yeah. We can digress from this, but I was just But no, I I think I I get what he's saying because yeah. Andy has been through a lot in his life and he's seen a lot. He has, yeah. And and I guess that he has just seen like a delineation between yeah. the two. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree that there's gray spaces mm-hmm. along that line too. Yeah. But, but yeah, so they were great people to have been hosted by. Super appreciative. And then it was the the next day she, Abby cooked me breakfast. Um, Andy was already off doing some errands. I got a sweet picture with Abby just before Aww. I said goodbye. And uh, I hiked up through the Browns Creek area where you and I have also hiked. Yes. Whenever I hiked it, it was nice and dry. Like when we hiked, hiked it, it, it was snowy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, was, it was completely snowed over then. Yeah. The creek was almost frozen and we camped in snow. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. And that was yeah. fun. But it was a beautiful climb. Yeah. Yeah. But I still appreciated that area. And I, f- I feel like every time I hike through these spots that you and I had already done, like I had flashbacks to Aww. to moments whenever you and I were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, this is pretty just like a straightforward end of week two. How many miles did you do that day? Let's see. Yes. On day 14. Let me see. Uh, 21.9 miles. Nice. Pretty good. You know where the end of this day took me? Where? 
took me to Highway 50. You know, it was <gasps> waiting at the, the end, end of Highway 50. Trail Magic? Yeah, the Monarch Spur RV Park. And then you and your sister came to pick me up. Then? Yes. Oh my gosh. So the same day that Abby dropped me off, I saw you and Amber. I didn't realize it was the same day. Yeah. Well, so I'm at the Monarch Spur RV Park. And the owners are just as sweet and kind as they can be. They have two hiker boxes, one for food, one for equipment. Give me a beer. And they have cold drinks. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. So Amber, my little sister, who came to see me while I was in my space with my shoulder, uh, we actually realized we were, what, within two hours of driving? Yeah. And it was yeah. a weekend. And I was like, Amber, you want to go with me? And she's like, let's do it. So we went and saw Wesley for the weekend. It was just, but it was super quick. It was like overnight. And then uh -huh. we dropped you back off at the trail. But yes, I remember we picked you up. Yeah. You picked me up from the Monarchs for RV Park. Those yeah. people were so sweet. They gave me free beer and like Aww. whole thing. Great venue. Super hiker friendly. If you get the chance, go to the Monarchs for RV Park. I know that that is like right by the butterfly house. And a lot of people like yeah. the quirkiness of that. But, you know, I'm partial to more quiet spaces. Yeah. So I went there and then you and I and Amber went to the Angel of Chavano campground and camped. And mm -hmm. I probably ate about eight sausage dogs and yeah, I regretted we, it the next day. Yeah. We, we bought like a ton of brats uh -huh. that we cooked in the campfire. Yeah. It was, it was a great little respite. And you brought the yeah. last of the dehydrated food resupplies yeah. that I would get to pull from. And that was the last time I would see him until he finished. Yeah, it really yeah. was. It would be 10 days later, right? Uh, Yeah, 10 days later. Oh. And that's the end of week two. It's the end of week two. I know. By this point, let's see, what is this spot on the map? You were at 268 or something like that. Yeah, by so the this end is of that. Day 14. And we are at mile 253.2 going sobo. And then you really kicked it into high gear. Yeah. After, because you finished in 10 days after that. Yeah. After this point, I was like putting the pedal to the metal. Yeah. Like I said bye to him the next morning. I dropped him off of the trail. No yeah. more zeros. No more zeros. <laughs> Uh, I took a Nero. You did. Which, I mean, I still got like nine miles in. Yeah. Which I would, yeah. But yeah, after this point, I kind of kick it in the high gear. And there's a lot yeah. of um, high alpine terrain coming up. Yeah. And we're in the San Juans, which to me, oh, so the sad. San Juans are the most beautiful part of the Colorado Trail. Oh, I haven't experienced them yet and want to so bad. I know. So on the next episode, we'll cover the third week on the Colorado Trail. Marie, really the last of it yeah really just probably we can part. just finish it up yeah in 10 days i think yeah so we'll finish the the rest of the colorado i trail. know and base camp doesn't really know anything about it either i don't i haven't heard this part yeah because because from highway here. 50 until the end of the colorado i trail, never saw him again she never saw me and <laughs> she only heard like small anecdotes so like she, lake city that so was she'll it. get the the meat of it yeah i'm excited from to, this from this last I'm excited episode to hear it yeah yeah, uh, before we, we wrap things up, though, I think we should do a question of the question day. Question of the day. Do you want to do the one that we did before? Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. 
So, what has been the hardest part for you since your shoulder injury? Has it been has it been mental? Has it been physical combination? Because I know you haven't been able to do a whole lot. Yeah. And second part of that question: What advice would you give to people who are who have a disability or who have come across some type of injury that takes them off of the trail or yeah. keeps them out of some activity that they love to do. Yeah. Um, so the first part, I would say it's been both. I, it's, it's really hard for people to tell you like you can't do something um, because it could potentially like re-injure you and you could dislocate your shoulder and then, pull anchors out of your bone. Like it's just such a process where you're like, oh man, I really can't do what I do all the time, which I love to run. I love to hike. I'm very active. Like before this all happened, we were doing 14ers. We were doing like 30, 40 mile weekends. Um, I could still do 20, 20 mile days. And uh, so I was really still active. And then all of a sudden it was like, halt, you can't do anything. Like, like you can't, I couldn't, they were like, if you trip and fall at this point in the game, like you could literally pop out your anchors or pull the sutures out. And so, um, I walked on the bike path is what I could do. Sidewalks and bike paths. A paved, a paved bike path. path. (laughs) No rocks, no trails, no outdoor type of things. And so it was really mentally hard in that way because I, that's the way I process things is going outside. Um, and then I think physically it was hard because I did gain weight because I wasn't able to just like go out and do things. I think taking narcotics and laying in bed for like a whole week, like, you know, it does something to your body. And mm-hmm. and even before that you had taken a steroid because yeah and it, it i um, gained weight yeah you had been pretty sick yeah and so i think that physically i was really struggling um and i didn't really know what to do because i couldn't go out and burn it off like i couldn't work out yeah um i could walk like two or three miles at the beginning mm-hmm. now i'm able to go to the gym so i did decide to join a gym so the that's rec where the rec- yes the rec center so I think that's where I was like, what can I do physically? Because I do need to still do cardio and what can I do? So they were like, well, you can do a sit, sit down bike. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll do that then. Um, so I think mentally and physically, it has been a mixture of both really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also trying to figure out how to problem solve the process in my, like to help myself um, listening to my shoulder has been a big thing mm-hmm. and really making sure I'm taking care of it and yeah. not being like, well, fuck this shit. I'm going to go do a trail. I don't care. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't been doing that. Like I really have been trying to be careful and you know, we just started hiking trails. Like I've just started hiking trails the last couple of weeks with rocks. Yeah. And I think coming back now, it's so exciting because I'm like, Oh wait, my gosh. Wait, explain with rocks. Oh, so like just like tons of rocks on trails that will be there as like trip hazards. Trip hazards, yeah. Um, I couldn't do like anything super hard. I couldn't do any climbs. I mean, after the surgery. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been out in nature before, uh, <laughs> most trails have rocks on them. Just to emphasize that, 
So that drastically limited anything that she could do. Again, it had drastically. to be had to be paved yeah. and leveled. Yeah, and yeah. not super crazy climbs, which in Colorado that's very hard to find. Yeah, like if to to not find a climb, mm-hmm. um, which I miss climbing, and so that was really hard. And I think for people, if something happens or physically, if you feel like you can't go out and do something, or if something happens to you and you aren't able to get on a trail or do something you love, I think, uh, I think for me, I am able to get back on a trail Yeah. after this. Like mm-hmm. I am able to still walk. I am able to still run after this. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there is like, you know, a different level now where they were like, well, if you did a hard fall again, I can't guarantee that you wouldn't, you know, re-injure the shoulder again. Like there is that yeah. level involved, but it's not going to stop me from hiking or running again. You can take um, a little bit more of a beating now. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say trip and fall on that shoulder. Right. If you accidentally like stumble or kick some rocks. I'm fine now. You're but okay. they But they did say that if I tripped and fell again in a hard way like I did before, they can't guarantee that it wouldn't pop out or rip again. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, you have that level of possibility again, but it's not going to stop me from doing yeah. it. Yeah. And I think for me, what I had to do was find hope that I could do, like do certain things and mm-hmm. it, and not even like, I can't think about the future right now. I can't think about even wearing a 50 pound pack. All I'm thinking about is, okay, this week, I am doing this exercise and I get to do the elliptical now and I get like, it's very short little celebrations. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you're through hiking, you don't look at the end. You don't like when you're at the very beginning in Mexico, you don't think, okay, I'm 2,650 miles now. Look, I did a mile. Good job. Now now I got 2,649 miles. That would be so exhausting and frustrating. And I think that the only way I feel like I can mentally stay sane is by not thinking I'm like, here's the end. Uh I have to think, okay, I'm in week one and this is what I'm doing this week. And here are my checkpoints. And then by week nine, I am going to be here and I get to do this. And like taking my sling off was a huge celebration. And now I actually get to use my arm. (laughs) That's a huge celebration. Mm-hmm. Now I get to go on a hike. That's a huge celebration. You've even come home from your your PT sessions and be like, oh, next week I get to do isometrics. Yeah. And then I get to do resistance training. Yeah, yeah. And and now I can actually take the sling off. Yeah. Like, like you verbalize these little checkpoints. Like I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also like have the hope of like, okay, I'm gonna do a long through hike again. So I do have that in the like it's like there to remember and be like, this is where I'm going. And this is to remind myself that like, I'm going to do 14ers again. I'm not going to let a 14er stop me from living my life. Like I'm not going to let the fact that I fell and I dislocated my shoulder stop me from doing another 14er again. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to go back on that same 14er and I'm going to do it again Yeah, because I need to overcome that fear. And so and people's situations may be different. Like they may yeah. not, they may not physically be able to go and do the same things they did before. Right. But they need to find. You're saying they need to find like these little checkpoints and these to goals. Find places they can f- celebrate themselves. Okay. That's what it is. It's like finding things that you love, 
that you know that you need. Yeah. And then be able to do those things because I love being out in nature, but it's like, okay, I might not be able to do 40 miles right now. I might not be able to carry a pack, but hey, we can go out and do a beautiful trail to this beautiful lake today that's five miles. Yeah. And it's a hard climb. And the fact that I can do that climb now is a celebration. Without trekking poles. Without trekking poles. And like, it's a celebration for me. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, and then I think that people that are like, had something traumatic happen to them, but they can grow back into a physical state to do it again. Mm-hmm. I would say to them like, hey, like keep going. Don't let yourself stop mm-hmm. in that space and and be like, oh, I can't do it anymore. Because you can, yeah. it just takes time and you have to give yourself that time. And mm-hmm. so I think for everyone, it's different. It's going to be different. Yeah. But yeah. I think some advice that I would give too is, you know, I've gotten stuck in my head a lot. You know, being 35, it's a lot of time to be stuck in your own thoughts and then like get in your own way. So the advice that I would give is go get outside or go do what you love and see what you're capable of doing. Like, don't overthink it sometimes. Just go and, and, and do things if you have the chance to. Like, if you have the, the financial opportunity to do it. Then do it. Then I do would it. say for people, though, who have gone through something traumatic. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm just talking, different. like, in general. You're talking just people that have a normal body that <laughs> haven't been through anything. Definitely, definitely. Right. Because for me, I would say, like, grieve it out if you have gone through something traumatic. Like, you have to feel that space of, like, I don't have what, like, I've lost something Uh or I don't have what I love. And so you do have to feel that grief of, like, you have to feel anger, feel the sadness, and let yourself be there. And then when you are finally in a space where you can finally do something you long to do, then Mm -hmm. you're able to celebrate it in a way different place. But for people who just, like, get stuck in their heads... And like, I don't know, should I do this or not? Should I go on a through hike? Well, I, I think people can get stuck in their heads after they've they've suffered through something, though. Because that, that, well, could, trauma, that could be though. a huge, like, traumatic handicap. But that's, but it's trauma. So that's the thing is, and that's why, like, because your body is holding this space of, well, I want to protect you mm-hmm. because you hurt yourself and you went through a really painful time. So I want to make sure you don't do that again. And yeah. so there's not, it's not just mind. It's like your body's actually responding to this moment as well. So, cause it, cause when you go through trauma like that, your brain releases a chemical into your body and you, that chemical holds in your body. Yeah. So you hold that memory in, in, in spaces in your play, like in yourself. Yeah. And so when you go back into that place, like it's important to be able to like go back to that place one day yeah. and be like, I can do this again to show your body, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm safe. I can do this and I'm, I'm going to be okay. And so I think it, it varies between people, but people who go through trauma understand that they're going to have a legit body response Mm -hmm. and they're going to be super scared and they're going to be shaking Yeah, and they're going to feel like they can't do it. Yeah. But that's why it's important to have people around you that say, no, you can. That's helpful to hear. And like, let's see what you can do with this. And if you don't feel like you can do it today, that's fine. See, I'll be your cheerleader. (laughs) And I look forward to seeing you conquering beer stat and running down it. No, oh, thank you. I, I know that I might, that might be uh, a difficult time for you, but yeah, he won't let me do it without him next time. Apparently. No, I will be with you next time, and I will be your cheerleader. I shall cheer for you. No, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, well, everyone, thanks for listening to this podcast. We're gonna go eat our eggplant parmesan now because it smells so good. Yeah. If you want to hear more about like these 
I don't know um, how you would handle trauma or handle all these situations. Just let us know. If you want to hear more stuff like on like the emotion, again, the emotional, mental, <laughs> mental challenges that we've <laughs> experienced um, on our hikes or even just stuff like what Basecamp is going through, she can you know, elaborate on this a little bit more because I know everybody's going through their own personal struggles and maybe it's nice to just hear this rando married couple just bullshit their way um, through a podcast episode about all their experiences through this kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just let us know. What, 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 what? Nothing. No, I, I think it's great. And I, I do think there also comes a time where you do have to have someone saying, Hey, you do just need to get out of your head. This like, is that's why, a real thing. This is like, why we work well as a couple. That's true. Well, if Wesley ever said to me, I just, you just need to get out of your head. I'd probably be like, I would, I would never say it to her that way. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably just give him the death stare. I would be signing my own death wish. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. But I do think there does come a time where people, if they have a longing for something yeah, and they want, like they've been dreaming of through, like we hear this a lot ever since we told people about through hiking. They'd be like, oh man, I really want to do that. And I'm yeah. like, well, have you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if I can leave my parents or I don't know if I can leave my sister. Like, there's just like all of these things that people say. And I'm like, and that's where I'm like, well, get out of your fucking head. Like, yeah. like this is where if you really want to do it, then fucking do it. Like, like don't keep putting it off yeah, and making excuses for something that you feel like you want to do, or do you just want to address the fact that you're scared mm -hmm. that you don't want to do it because you're scared you're going to fail? Yeah. Because that's the fear of a through hike. Nobody wants to fail. No, no one wants to start something because it feels so daunting to do a through hike like that. Yeah. And really what I really should, probably should say to those people are, so are you afraid that your parents, like, are you afraid of that? Or are you just afraid? Like, what are you afraid of? You're getting like, to a therapy session that's now. That's a real question. <laughs> so there is this guy named Bigfoot. And we met him on the PCT. Sweet Bigfoot. Around Sonora Pass, which is by Kennedy's, uh, Kennedy North, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Kennedy North. And Bigfoot, Bigfoot had back issues. Yeah. Like, Pretty bad back issues. So bad that- And he was in his 50s, right? He like was in his 50s. Late 50s, yeah. But back issues so bad that like you would see him hiking like- He would look- Upright. Up and then two hours later, you'd catch him. He would Or like he would catch you. Back. And he would be hunched over. And one time I had to actually yeah. get on his back with my hands and knees and just pop his spine out for And him. he was fine. And he was fine. But- I say that because the entire time that we knew Bigfoot, he was troubleshooting his back and he was trying to lower his weight so that it wasn't weighing down on his back. And he just, he fucking sucked it up and just kept trying. He kept he problem solving it. new things. He loved what he was doing. And I mean, he was out there to support his daughter too. Cause she was also hiking the PCT. Yeah. He was so happy to be out there. And I just think people like that are such a big inspiration. Yeah. You know, like to have some random guy, Hey, would you mind like popping my back for me? I'm actually almost incapacitated. Like he literally, <laughs> when we came upon him, like a couple hours later, he was like hunched over. I didn't even recognize him because <laughs> I mean, because we were coming up on him and I was like, who is that? 
And I think Wesley was like, I think that's Bigfoot. I mean, he was hunched over yeah, like half yeah. size because he couldn't pull his back up. And then that's when he was like, would you do me a big favor? Could you please pop my back? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We went out there and we did the most dangerous glissade of the whole PCT with, with that fucker. him. With him. And we had the funnest time. I know. He was so much fun. He was so fun. And then he kissed the ground when we finally got to the road because he it was kissed, so terrifying. He kissed the ass fault. The ass fault. <laughs> yes. At Sonora Pass. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, to cut his base weight, he he kept <laughs> he kept having like long talks with this other hiker named Mama Troll. Who is from Scotland. He's from Scotland. And Mama Troll told him to get rid of his sealskin socks. Yes. And so instead of using sealskin sco- socks, sealskin socks. Yeah, say that 10 times. Yeah, that's a tough one. Which weighed what? A couple ounces. Yeah. Uh, he took Ziploc bags out there and put his feet in Ziploc, Ziploc bags <laughs> to cut his face weight. And it's the funniest picture I have. Oh, it's amazing. It is, it is. But you know what? Like, but by that point, you didn't need seal skins. No, you didn't. No. No. But yeah, I remember when he had Ziplocs and we were like, what is on your feet? <laughs> so, so yeah, there's a good motto. BLB. Be like Bigfoot. Be like Bigfoot. Yeah. Who, who learned in his 50s that he always had a dream to uh-huh. do that. And then he sees his daughter, who's like 20 years old, do it. And he's yeah. like, why am I not doing this? Mm-hmm. I need to do this. Yeah. Because you do only live once and you only get one shot at life. It's true. And so if you really want to do something like this, do it. Just like, do it. Figure it out. Even if it takes you a year or two to plan it, then just start planning it. Be like Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. <laughs> no, just don't, do it. don't, don't, don't. Let your don't let your dreams just be your dreams. Be like Bigfoot, not Shia LaBeouf. Do not watch the Transformers movies; they're all terrible. Well, that's not his fault. That's not Shia LaBeouf's fault. I'm just saying that is the director's fault. Hundred mm. percent. I can have a whole film conversation about this, but that'll, actors, it's not their fault. That'll be a subscriber episode. Okay. Yeah, um, and into that, we're gonna wrap things up now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. B L B. Be like Bigfoot. Be like, be like Bigfoot and be like Base Camp. Oh. You like that? Oh. Because I am going to go do another through hike again. Yeah. Y'all. Yeah. I'm going to carry a 50 pound pack again. Y'all. And for those of you who don't have like any traumatic experiences, be like YL. Be like Yeti Legs. <laughs> who hasn't had any true? I'm so <laughs> glad you have it. <laughs> My traumatic experiences have been lived vicariously through you. Yeah, that's true. I guess emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, y'all have a great... Have a great, wonderful... Have a great November... Time. Doing whatever you're doing. November X, whenever we publish this episode. Whether you're driving in a car, walking down a path, running, or hiking. Or taking a romantic bubble bath by yourself. Or pooping. Or that. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, everyone, we hope you're enjoying our podcast. Yeti. Walks into Base Camp. We're your hosts. I'm Base Camp. And I'm Yeti Legs. If you enjoy this podcast, please let us know in the comments below. Or you can also shoot us an email to our podcast, yetiwalksintobasecamp at gmail.com. So it's just the name of our podcast, all together, all lowercase. We look forward to hearing from you. 
And if you do enjoy our episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe. And if there are any pertinent links or other information that you're interested in from the episode, just find that in the show notes below. Yes. And so I also wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to Ryan G for our intro and Bradley Black for our outro. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And as we like to say in the hiking community, happy happy trails. trails.